podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. Welcome to Run With It, the podcast that brings you business ideas from established entrepreneurs. Each episode, you'll hear a new business idea and the exact steps our guests would take to get started. Follow through and you can earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Here are your hosts, Chris Justin and Ethan Janney. I'm Chris Justin. And I'm Ethan Janney. And on today's show, we have Justin Winter. Justin exited his prior company after growing to 22 million in annual sales to focus on a new problem, Boostopia. It's an all-in-one support operations platform that unlocks the power of your support data inside your support ticketing system to transform both your team and customer experience. Justin, welcome to Run With It. I'm excited to be here. Thank you, gentlemen. We are very glad to have you. You've got an impressive background with your previous company and also with Boostopia. Yeah, so we're eager to hear all about that. We'll pull from that experience as you talk about this new business idea, and we'll also talk about Boostopia a little bit more at the end of the show. But as Ethan had alluded to, Run With It is about new business ideas, and you've got one that you're going to be so generous to share with our listeners. So tell us about the idea that you would like them to run with. Yeah. Over the past couple of years in being a business owner, my personal tax situation has increasingly become complicated. So different income sources, 1099 consulting income, affiliate payments from referring things, uh, W-2 income, business income. And one of the things that I've found as things were more complicated for me to just try to use just some of the free or inexpensive tax prep software out there. So I've been using an accountant, a local accountant for a good while now. And one of the things that I kind of realized is that uh, really the only thing that those services and those people would do, it was really just a year end. Okay, just send over all your stuff and we'll put it all together and we'll file your taxes for you. And I would learn little bits of information here and there as I would just be reading articles or seeing YouTube videos about you know, all the opportunities that exist when it comes to not just preparing your taxes once a year, but really thinking about tax strategy. When you have all these different income sources and how to structure things in a way that takes advantage of the incentives that you know our government gives us, either here in the States or internationally. And about a year or so ago, I was looking for someone new because like, man, I, I feel like I just need a fresh look at my situation. And I reached out to a couple friends and said, hey, like, who are you using? Other business owners who I knew had a similar situation. And almost universally, everyone was like, I got a guy, but I really don't like him. I've been looking as well. So a lot of people, you know, they'll have like a financial advisor, which their job is really just to manage your investments, mutual funds, index funds, whatever. And then they would have their accountant who would just do their taxes at the end of the year. Maybe they have a lawyer that helps with like estate planning and things like that. But the investment person never talked to the accountant person, like ever. There, there, is, no, there is no coordination. One friend uh, ended up getting together with a dozen other people to kind of meet together and talk about some of this and just hang out. And everyone had the same experience of, you know, they, they kind of want to feel like they kind of have this personal team supporting them that has these different areas of expertise to, to help them in their 
wealth building goals, personal finance goals, all that type of thing, but that they're missing this really big piece of how do we coordinate all of these pieces? And the investment person is just looking at what's going to make the best return, but there's no consideration for tax implications, right? Which can be really significant. So that big gap that was felt that I kind of ran into, I felt myself, a lot of other friends who are business owners in similar situations also felt was there needs to be this solution to have not just an accountant who does your taxes, but really this proactive tax focused, almost like wealth advisor that's helping you understand, oh, you have, maybe you have a hundred thousand dollars you can put into because you had a good gear for your business and you want to invest that somewhere. Should you put it all into the public market? Or maybe if you put half of that into a real estate property, the deduction opportunity and the tax savings there can apply to defer your tax basis for your other stuff. So actually the net would be better if you did a little bit of this and not just one-sided, one-silo-based approach. So they tax accountant plus, they're proactive, their, their goal is aligned in helping you build wealth and like keeping more of the money that you make, not just paying your taxes, right? And making sure you don't get audited. So that's kind of, and just obviously dumping it all out here, that's kind of my experience. And that's kind of the idea of a specialized solution for business owners, entrepreneurs, or otherwise high net worth individuals who have complicated personal tax uh, or kind of household tax situations. I think of, uh, we don't often use sports analogies on here and it's especially uh, rare given that no sports are, are going on or in very limited capacity, but it makes me think of a, a quarterback, right? You, there's no quarterback for your wealth team right now. You have a, a running back who's maybe the accountant and the fullback and you have the uh, wealth manager who's the running back or wide receiver, but you don't have someone who's pulling it all together. Sign me up if we figure this one out, because I feel like there's just been so many experiences even where I find something I like, okay, I know this is a good idea. I've heard it's a good idea. So I'm going to sign up for it because it's supposed to be like good for my taxes or whatever. I'm just going to do it. And then I look down and I talk to my accountant and say, I did that. And they go, ah, like, oh, but I, I did that because I thought it was like good to do for my taxes. And you need to change away from Charlie Brown's teachers as your accountant. <laughs> Pretty much I'm, I am Charlie Brown. Like I can barely <laughs> tell what you guys are saying. From <laughs> yeah. It makes me also think about that. Like the mega rich have people that do this for them. And, <laughs> but the general population does not have access to teams that can put together a strategy like that. So also as an entrepreneur, I feel, I feel the pain that we're talking about here too. And yeah, just accept that. I probably have running a suboptimal uh, tax strategy right now. What is Wealthfront? Because I feel like I've heard of that. Maybe the advertising Tim Ferriss. It sounds similar or related or something. Do we know anything? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm really familiar. Um, I personally am a Betterment customer, which is a competitor to Wealthfront. So Wealthfront and Betterment were the first in the class of what the industry refers to as robo-advisors. Up until that point, you've had two options to invest in public market equities. That was one, use uh, a money manager, right? Who's probably primarily putting your money into mutual funds, which, you know, they're earning commissions on, right? Because the fee structures and everything, or you could invest directly from a brokerage account, TD Ameritrade or whatever, you sign up your own account, you can buy your stocks. So what Wealthfront and Betterment did 
they kind of kind of removed the salesperson and all of the fees because what most people don't realize if you have like you know your girl your guy at that mutual fund place that you talk to they are basically like a glorified salesperson and customer service rep and all they're doing when you're giving them your money or, or whatever they're just going to a little portal that their company makes for them and they're saying put more money in and like that's it so <laughs> Wellfront said, let's just get rid of the person. Let's make a modern, accessible, and easy to use user interface. Let's just give control to people to be able to do that. It's also built off like there's no mutual funds. It's all index funds or direct buying. So you don't have the fees. And then outside of the user interface, they're providing some additional uh, kind of tax optimization features that can help from a tax basis. So like one of the big things is tax loss harvesting, which is basically like you have $10,000 saved and in one of these, you know, in your, like your wealth front account. And if, if one of the stocks in there goes down, what you can do is if you sell it at a loss, you're able to claim that as a loss from a tax perspective. And then if you immediately replace that with another stock, you've captured the loss, but the cost of buying, selling that one and buying the next one is if you remove all the fees, it really isn't that expensive. So what historically has happened, and Chris, like you're saying, the analogy with kind of the, the 1%, like the uber rich, they already do this. But historically, it's been a super manual process where it didn't make sense unless you had 10, $20 million under management. But for little old us, right? But hey, hey, maybe like there's, you know, double digits, maybe low to mid six figures at, you know, at some point or whatever. You really couldn't do that without software because the savings from a tax perspective really wouldn't cover the cost of a full-time accountant to sit there and Excel spreadsheet it basically. So they have a lot of features like that. So that is really just on the investing side of it as an alternative to the traditional investment management solutions out there. And personally, I use Betterment as opposed to a money manager or whatever, but that still isn't that quarterback like we're talking about. Let's talk about the solution here that you've outlined. Can you explain that a little bit for us? Yeah. So I love economics and thinking about incentives. I love pricing strategy, like big entrepreneur nerd right here. And as part of my role at Boostopia as one of the founders and the CEO, I'm kind of the, the head of product there. So thinking through what does the solution look like as you think about the problem? One of the problems that exists right now, and this ties into informing pricing decisions, is that existing accounting firms, accountants who just do taxes, they currently don't have any financial incentive to invest their time in being the quarterback. And with the way that this works, a, a good example here, when I switched to my current accountant uh, here for this past tax year, he went through and reviewed the past four or five years worth of stuff. And he uncovered several things that were not done the past couple of years that are going to lead to a net in my pocket kind of cash savings of over $20,000. So obviously it was like, holy crap. Like number one, I'm excited about unexpected money. Number two, I'm pissed at my old account, right? <laughs> um, so I, I think one of those things are, and where I think incentives are pretty clearly aligned here, I think there's an opportunity. And I know personally, I would sign up for this. If there was a fixed base fee, almost like a subscription, which included your tax prep, but also included more interaction and communication other than once a year at the end of the year, but something like 
at least a biannual, if not a quarterly kind of hour long conversation, right? With your quarterback, so to speak, like your proactive accountant who is like, Hey, you know, here's some tax strategy ideas we're seeing, you know, you know, how are things looking? What do we need to get? What do we need to do before we get to the end of the tax year? So I, I think it makes sense to have some type of flat fee, but then have some type of performance based incentive that aligns incentives. Cause I, I want my, I think we would all love like this quarterback person to, if, if they hear about some idea or with some new tax law thing or, or some creative way to obviously legally take advantage of tax incentives that are out there. I want them thinking about, Oh, if I tell, if I tell Justin, if I tell Chris, if I tell Ethan about this, I think this might apply to their situation. And man, I can make two grand if I help Justin make 20 grand. Like I want him to have him or her to have that incentive, right? I'm totally okay with that. So I, I love the idea of it, it's very commonly for a local tax accounting firm, but you're going to pay maybe easily $2,000 a year to do your taxes, maybe a little less, maybe a little more depending on where you live. So something where, I don't know, it's $1,000 a quarter or $1,000 a year, but there's this performance-based piece from a pricing perspective. I think that aligns incentives well and creates that foundational structure that provides an incentive to the business to do what it is that we all want them to be doing, which is being proactive. Immediate question comes to mind with that is how do you evaluate what that delta is of savings? And maybe it's you, uh, they can currently run it through TurboTax or something like that to see what you would be getting if you didn't take this additional quarterback perspective looking for, for other opportunities. Is that how you would calculate that uh, delta or how would you approach that? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I think I know for, for me, when I, you know, the, the accountant I'm working with now, when I first started having conversations with him after looking around and interviewing uh, several of them, did basically what amounts to a free quote or like audit, I guess. I sent him all my stuff and he worked through it. And then he created a, a presentation, like a proposal, where he went through a number of these big strategies that he thinks would apply to my situation. We spent two hours on a Zoom call walking through this, hey, did you know that there's this thing where if you invested in this, you get this tax thing back and say, oh man, I had no idea. Uh, that actually might be helpful, right? So yeah, so I definitely think you know, there would need to be some type of, okay, if you would have used somebody else, th this is what your picture would have looked like without our fancy magic fairy dust in our expertise. And then obviously, uh, I'm sure at some point having that in writing, getting the customer to agree, okay, yes, that snapshot. So anything above and beyond would then be subject to this incentive-based compensation plan. You know, with your current setup, with none of this stuff we're about to show you, your tax liability for this year, we project it to be $20,000. Okay, if we add any of these things, it's only going to be $10,000 if you decide, okay, yeah, let's do that thing. And, you know, we finish implementing whatever that thing is, then we're going to declare that, hey, we've captured that. It seems like something like that. Certainly that would need to be worked out what that would look like exactly, but in principle, it seems pretty straightforward to me. This isn't necessarily, it's not really like a software product or anything. It's really like a service product, maybe a platform that we create where people can connect with each other and there's some kind of guidelines around how to do it, or is it just like an individual consulting practice or what do we think about the form? Yeah. So I'm thinking that I, I, I would phrase it tech enabled service. I think 
the people running this are going to be certified accounting degree expert people. While there might be an opportunity, and I'm I'm aware of some of these app products, which helps you uncover expenses. Maybe you didn't weren't aware that maybe you could expense for your freelance business or something like that. This is May levels, much more complicated, much more holistic. Tell me about the property you own. Give me access to your Betterment or Wealthfront account to understand what you have going on there, right? It seems to me that a good kind of balance there would be allowing technology to be helpful or can be helpful, which is probably some type of login, some type of client portal where that would be the primary way you would communicate with your client services team, obviously uploading all of your documents, providing access there. And then probably a lot of that ongoing communication happening through something like that. And then definitely for the services side, you would want some type of ticketing system, customer management system, where you're being highly responsive to requests, your you know project management system components. Um, I think a lot of this you could probably you know easily use off the shelf. Asana for a project management system with Zapier, new client create new Asana project. There's probably a lot of that could be done just to get something like this off the ground. But but long-term, I think there's definitely the opportunity for software to drive more efficiency for the manual services component to not only improve the service, but to maximize margin and net contribution profit per individual client. I keep thinking about it like extended, maybe I'm just too magical in my thinking about how these things work. But uh, what if you had a platform where people could log on to it, you put in your financial situation, uh, how many properties do you have? Okay, I have three properties, but you know, I have a LLC, I have a sole proprietorship. And you agree that the system like, is going to track what you're doing with those things as far as filing your taxes and the type of savings and having computers, right? This is where the magic comes in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so easy. It's just software, right? Right. But something that could use the group information to help decide what are the best decisions. Oh, hey, there's another person who has three properties in LLC and a sole proprietorship. Here's what they do. And so we could throw that back at, uh, at someone else and say, oh, did you realize that you could do this? Or you realize you could itemize this? And Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think there are a lot of opportunities there. Figure fundamentally, there's there would need to be some always being updated list of tactics or playbooks. Hey, does, does this person own investment real estate other than their primary home? If so, hey, these are 20 potential things that based on their situation, they could qualify for that could be helpful for them. So if you got a thousand customers in your database and 20% of them check have real estate, right? Uh, it's like, oh, well, we need to make sure we review these because this could be applicable to you. Maybe it's not based on other confounding factors, but it might be. Now, I think from an order of operations perspective, my inclination is, and as I've seen tech-enabled services in other areas, I think because there's just so much revenue opportunity in this that you wouldn't have to start with that. So you just got product market fit risk of that thing you build. Once you actually get going, is that actually be helpful? You're going to have to pivot. Oh, crap engineers or six figures, all that stuff. So I think you could really easily start with, you have a sauna, you have your little Airtable database, you have an off the shelf CRM, you got Webflow for your marketing site. You're literally running Facebook ads, right? You're having Zoom calls. If they convert, they're you know using an e-sign software, handing them over to client services. And like that would be fine because it seems to me that 
really easily you could be looking at a five six thousand dollars a year average kind of customer value pretty quickly and for what amounts to be like a consumer service like that's a crap ton of money right now obviously your labor is very expensive because it's specialized but yeah but, but as you would get that flywheel going really quickly just proving out the essentials of that doing that manually it'd be really easy to raise money or get external investment and be like hey we have 100 customers doing this holy crap we're growing yeah, we'll sell 20% of the company for 5 million bucks or something ridiculous because people would eat this up and then let's hire a kajillion software engineers and go for <laughs> yeah, it. I mean, that's a business plan if I've ever heard one. <laughs> right there. Done. It's perfect. <laughs> and I think it's, it's a great idea because there is a gap in the market. Clearly the three of us are <laughs> salivating over, uh, over this. And I guess the, the hardest question that comes to mind for me is one that maybe you didn't explicitly talk about as much as that specialized labor, finding that right person. It seems like a lot of it is dependent on finding someone who's actually intent and interested in uh, finding those opportunities for people. And I do believe that, that there are CPAs out there who would like that opportunity, but how do you find them? In many ways, the same way I found my dude, it, it did take a long time to look around to find some people who started to specialize in this and like really enjoyed looking at some of this stuff. There are, as someone might guess, there are a lot of like accounting conferences, right? Where people give talks about this and there are accountants who write books on this. Some of them, which are for kind of consumers. So it, it's fairly accessible. It's not overly boring with too much tax law stuff. But yeah, it, it would definitely require. And so certainly not me, and I don't believe either of you being accounting experts in this area, you, know, you, you kind of have to have your chief accounting expert, who is probably an existing leading expert in this area that you would bring on. And you would have to develop internal training programs, because I think Accountants are fairly plentiful from a market perspective, but training them in this specialized discipline is not something that, like we're saying, is common. So you would you know, have to have a fairly robust continuous training, especially as tax law changes so frequently, administration to administration and just with so many things going on. So yeah, you, you would definitely have to have something like that. But I think Long term, the good news would be so many accountants who work at like local accounting firms in particular, their business models do not support being able to pay really most of the accountants doing the day-to-day -day work that much. I mean, accountants make okay money, but it ain't CEO money. It's not like, it's not crazy. So if there's a business model that requires accountants that provides significantly more revenue per customer really quickly, hey, you make $65,000 at that local accounting firm, we can easily pay that exact same person 75, right? And oh my gosh, man, huge raise. You know, you're making two or three times as much per account. So it would be easy, I think, at least principally, to steal and recruit probably junior to mid-level and, you know, and senior existing accounting talent. You could afford to pay them more because the business model supports that. And then you would just need to be supported by probably more uh, ongoing training programs are maybe comparable to what they already have to do just with all the other tax stuff. Every year around tax time, I walk in my local library and they prominently highlight this book. It's called Pay Zero Taxes, you know, and it's just kind of like this big, thick book full of <laughs> things about how you could get rebates and things. But, you know, I feel like whether it's the author of a book like that or somebody who's already in this kind of game of marketing, how can we save people money on their taxes? And you approach them as like a business partner. Hey, I need the tax expert. Could you come in and 
we can also take advantage of whatever audience you already have, whatever email list that. Yeah. And and that's why this doesn't exist yet. Right. Because what are accountants good at? Accounting. (laughs) Not marketing. Yeah. Like typically like accounting firms can be some of the worst one businesses ever. It doesn't mean they're good at operations. Definitely not sales. Definitely not marketing. Definitely not technology for sure. (laughs) And that's why I think that's what also makes this compelling is it's so clear from a value proposition perspective. But it's, no, why Why hasn't someone done this? This seems like too obvious. It's because the market of those experts that have this knowledge of what is possible, they're like almost literally the opposite of entrepreneurs. Maybe, maybe almost as opposite of an entrepreneur as like a lawyer would be, right? It's just so risk averse. <laughs> so, so, I mean, that, that's why this is so interesting, right? If you had that pairing, it would just be like, oh, it makes complete sense. And then you could actually do something like this. Yeah, I never thought about it that way. That makes a lot of sense. Oh yeah, that's why my accountant doesn't recommend things. It's not because they don't care. It's because that's not how they think. They just think, oh, I'm good at math. Let's put the numbers in the right boxes. The other incentive is as little time spent as possible because you're paying the same amount either way. So the, their financial incentive is it's the manufacturing line. It's Walmart. What's the lowest possible cost? And then how do they compete with the marketplace? They lower prices. One of the things that uh, the non-financial appeals for an accountant to join uh, an organization like this is I imagine that it's more interesting work for them to be looking for opportunities like this as opposed to being treated as just a number country. We've already established that accountants aren't looking yeah. for anything interesting in their life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so one of the things I, I think that's pretty clear and we've outlined a lot of the, the steps. One of the risks that comes to mind for me that I don't think that we'll be able to answer here well, but a tax code change. There have been talks for for decades about simplifying the tax code and making it so that you can just put it on a postcard. And I think I read some in Japan, they have it such that their version of the IRS mails you a postcard every year and says, we have all your numbers as the Yeah, this is how much that we think you owe. Does it look does it look right? You know, you sign it and you mail it back and you're done. And that just sounds amazing to me as a yeah. <laughs> an alternative to what we have in place. I, I don't think that completely obviates the need of a business like this because you're still lacking the, the strategy around how to uh, minimize that tax burden, but it does take off at least the, the number crunching part of it. The other thing that is, uh, I, I guess I would feel a little misaligned doing a business like this if I were trying to, if I were incentivized to try and... Uh, uh, you know, prevent the government from simplifying the tax code. But that's just, it. that's an aside. There's an interesting Hassan Minaj episode on the Patriot Act that just came out about taxes. So yeah, we'll, we'll link to that in the, uh, in the show notes. We are uh, a little early here on time. Okay. Yeah, this you were going to say we were almost wrapping up, but then you found out, oh, wait. Yeah. And I found out, hey, <laughs> I mean, you did so well, Justin. We've been plugging and chugging, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I was just going to say something real quick, uh, and then we can do whatever you want to do, if you had any ideas. But yeah, when you look up, I, I don't know, I've looked up recently, uh, why is the tax code so complicated? It, it is useful to look into that and understand at least the good intentions of it, right? That, that, our, that the United States is a system where they dole out money instead of get, giving it to to people for various things they give it to people in in the form of deductions and so on and so forth and so it's the way that it's complicated is the way this, it's a way of giving money to us even though it seems like it's a way of taking money from us <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so i'm reading a book audiobook on this and you know the way it's, i've seen it phrased and i hadn't thought about it like this before but 
if you look at the, the tax code, something like 80 or 90% of it is all about how to pay less of it. It's not about how to pay more of it. Tax incentives are created by the government to get its citizens to do things, right? So this author made the case for the most patriotic thing you can do is do what your government wants you to do and take advantage of those incentives. So the past couple of years, there's this, and I forget the technical name for it, but there's a big real estate kind of reinvestment tax incentive and these like tax havens and these different kind of uh, under-resourced, typically like urban areas, where if you basically invested into real estate in those areas, you got these huge tax incentives compared to investing in other areas. Why did they do that? They identified those areas as needing investment. The existing free market economic system, like those areas were falling behind. So they said, we don't want that. So how do we do that? Instead of the government saying, we're going to have a trillion dollar stimulus package and invest in these areas, we're going to create this financial incentive to take the existing investment dollars that are in the private market that are moving to all these other places. And we're just going to tip the scales in the favor of people deciding to send money this way so that we could see that happen. And then we will just forego immediate revenue in that missed tax revenue. But we know that if they do that, it's going to create more jobs, which is going to be more payroll taxes and all that type of stuff. So as soon as it was crazy like that, it's like, oh, actually, yeah, that makes sense. Because because I definitely felt too initially, it's like thinking about how to pay less taxes, like felt icky. I want to be able to contribute back to society. I want paved roads and I want people to have unemployment benefits and, and stuff like that. But yeah, in, in thinking through that and, and just better understanding, like, why do they exist? Why do tax incentives ex exist? How is this set up? It's, oh, actually, th this actually ends up helping all those other things because it's encouraging economic growth generally. I love this. Thank you for sharing this perspective. I mean, I, I shared a little bit of what I had an understanding of, but it's no, it doesn't compare to how you presented it, which I think may change my relationship to taxes completely going forward. <laughs> so, thank you so much. Yeah, it's don't think about it. I mean, whether the government, there is no government, the government is us ostensibly, right? But this idea that the government wants your money, right? No, okay, well, the government either wants your money, or they'd like you to do something so that you don't give them their money. That benefits them in some other way. And then really, and it's not just benefiting them, it's benefiting the rest of society. So if you invest in this, you invest in this developing neighborhood and all of a sudden this year, you don't pay any taxes, not like you got away with something. It's, I invested in this developing neighborhood. It's risky, you know, whatever. And I took a chance. Okay, great. The government is saying, thank you. Like, you, you helped us out. And, and arguably from a conservative free market perspective, you would say that it's actually the most efficient use with the least amount of potential waste, because it's not like someone from on high is investing a million dollars in some big government contract, which there might be waste and all this kind of thing. And I think there are economic studies across the economic spectrum, uh, like polit with like political views, but how it actually can dollar for dollar be the most efficient incentive structure that the government has to enact change compared to top-down programs. And but. So I, I would just call this out before we wrap up. I think it's it's just an important aspect too of just thinking like an entrepreneur, sometimes in particular business situations, you need, really need to, you need to be fully aligned with what you're doing. And like Chris says, if you feel crappy because you feel like, oh, this is a screwed up business because it's about complicating the tax code, that may be a valid perspective. And you, if you can't just, if you just can't let go of that, fine, don't start this business. <laughs> But if you could see it like, okay, this is the way the system is, here are the advantages to it. 
actually people who don't pay a lot of taxes are doing us all a favor, then okay, great. If you can get that wrap your head around it, then this is a great business to get into. All right. Now we are coming up on time. (laughs) (laughs) Justin, tell us about uh, what you're currently working on and yeah, definitely. So uh, I founded Boostopia a couple years ago, Boostopia, uh, Boostopia. And before this, the e-commerce business I had founded, one of the hardest things about growing and scaling the business was managing and running the customer support department. So at peak, we had around 20 support people, but you know, I was the first support agent as we were getting things off the ground. We used a lot of different ticketing systems out there, Zendesk. Uh, we had chat systems, phone systems, but anytime we wanted to understand what was going on in the support department? Like, why are people contacting us? How is my team performing? How do we improve the experience our customers have? So they love us more, so they stick around longer, so they buy more stuff. That whole area of things, it was just this complete kind of black box. So what we realized is that if you look at really, really big, massive companies, they have all these tools for managers and operations teams to answer those questions and better train their team members to create those better experiences. So Boostopia is an all-in-one support operations platform that connects to the existing ticketing system software that you or your company has, Zendesk or a system like that. And the goal is we want to equip your support leaders and operations and finance teams to improve the efficiency of the operation, to be able to better train and engage those individual team members because we believe that better teams create better customer experiences, not just a new fancy ticketing system. So we've found that when companies start to focus on this and use tools like ours to be able to do this, the individual team members end up being 20% more productive while being less stressed and companies get 30% less of those repetitive, super basic questions. So questions like how much does shipping cost? Or how do I reset my password? That's a waste of time to be paying your people to be glorified robots. That's just silly, right? Instead to be having high value conversations where they're giving advice about product lines and things like that. So yeah, so we're built for companies with as few as one support team member to companies with over 25. It starts at little as a hundred bucks. And then uh, we have our professional services group, which can uh, help companies who need that in a little bit more as well. Cool. I like it. It's actually, there's something similar in the theme of your business idea today of kind of an existing system that kind of is functioning, but you could really make it a lot better by adding a tool. That's cool. Yeah. We are largely replacing spreadsheets is our big competition. (laughs) So yeah, if you're sick of using spreadsheets, yeah, check out boostopia.com. Great. To the listener out there who is on board with this idea that Justin has shared, take action on it. Follow through on some of the steps that we've outlined. Let us know what you've done. Email us at update at runwithit.fm. Everyone who responds will gain access to a private Facebook group of action takers. And one lucky listener will earn a free mentoring session from Justin and a potential business partnership around this idea, uh, which was an incredible opportunity. Justin, you're one of the most clear-sighted entrepreneurs that I think we've had on the show. You uh, thought through all of our questions very well to the point that we didn't ask you a lot of them because you <laughs> laid it all out there for us. So incredible opportunity to the listener who takes action on uh, this idea to be able to partner with someone who already has a successful exit under his belt and is working on an exciting new idea in, in I, don't, I won't say adjacent, but a similar sort of- Customer uh, support, yeah. Customer <laughs> support. So thank you very much. Justin, for the time that you've spent here with us. 
Looking forward to hearing from the listener on the actions that they take forward and connecting with you down the line. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Now, it's time for you to run with it. Follow through on the action steps discussed and email a summary of what you did to update at runwithit.fm. Every listener who emails us will gain exclusive access to a private Facebook group of action takers. And one listener will earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Help us build the Run With It community of generous entrepreneurs. Please like, subscribe, and review us online. And remember, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash run, that's R-U-N, and get 15% off your first year.